0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to uh, this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. Are you the owner of a small or mid-sized business? Well, if so, today's podcast is one that I think will be of great value to you. Our topic will be employee handbooks, employee manuals, as they might be known, uh, why they're important, and how they can help protect you in a number of different situations. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and for many business owners Keeping an eye on formal HR programs can be difficult and is frequently considered
1: unnecessary
0: if maybe you only have a small group of employees. Uh, Today, however, we're going to hear from Lavelle Law Attorney Lance Siebel, who is going to tell us a little bit that uh, that may be a false assumption. You may want to take this a little more seriously than you have in the past if you've not paid good attention to a handbook of some sort. Uh, We'll talk about the purposes and the reasons behind that. Let's get started. Lance, uh, this looks like a great topic, so uh, thanks for getting it lined up for us today.
1: No problem.
0: So, first of all, let's just talk about what an employee handbook is. Um, You know, I think we all probably have certain ideas, but when you use that term, an employee handbook, employee manual, what are you
1: thinking of particularly? Well, it can be just about anything, and by that I mean it doesn't have to be a formal handbook per se. Um it could be just policies and procedures. It could be any kind of loose document you hand out to your employees that governs how they work. Um it could be a full-blown employment manual, but you know anything that basically governs and is in writing how the employment relationship between an employer and an employee is going to be set up is or can take the form of some sort of employee handbook.
0: Okay, and I, I think that you know it's a great point because I think a lot of employees just assume that this handbook covers you know vacation policies, dress codes, things like that. As you look at it from a legal perspective, and and I know you've you've been involved with this a number of different ways. What what should the real purpose of a handbook be? What should it cover from an employer's point of view?
1: Well, realistically, and in, and in a perfect world, it would govern pretty much every aspect of the employer-employee relationship. So it would cover some of the things you talk about, um, dress codes, um, things of that nature that might seem pretty basic. But some of the other things it would want to cover are hours of work, when you're going to be paid, how you're going to be paid, um, whether there's overtime available, uh, what kind of disciplinary policy, what kind of benefits are involved. All of those things ideally should be covered in the employee handbook, and probably more. It just really depends on the nature of the employer. And when we
0: talk about covering those things, you know, again, just to be clear about this, it's it's great to have it from an organizational perspective. It's nice to have that written so people know how to act and what to expect at work, but there's a legal aspect to this as well, isn't there, in terms of establishing relationships and expectations?
1: Uh, there can be. It can be kind of a double-edged sword. Um, and on the one hand, if the appropriate disclaimers are put in an employee handbook, the handbook does not then become an employment contract. On the other hand, uh, Illinois courts have found that employee handbooks that don't contain disclaimers, and even in some rare cases where they do, those can be a contract of employment that binds the employer to do certain things, regardless of what the expected relationship might be um this classically comes up in quite a few ways but the more common ones are payment of benefits and um termination that's really the that seems to be the most litigated one to be honest with you but that and pay generally are the two big ones
0: and, and you mentioned disclaimers what sort of disclaimers would you
1: uh, expect to see or expect to not want in there Well, I guess it depends whose side you're on. Uh, If you're the employer, you would want language in there to the effect that this is not a contract of employment. You are an at-will employee. We can let you go at any time. None of the policies set forth in this handbook are binding on the employer. language of that nature, and you'd want it to be up front, where it's seen, right in the front, and preferably bolded and set off in some way. And, and I guess, we, uh, I'll get, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain. No, I'll finish. give you a little bit more on that because the reverse side of that is you don't want an employee to come back later and say, oh, they promised me this or promised me that, and I have a contract. Um, and, mm-hmm. and if those disclaimers aren't in there and certain other elements are met, the court's going to look at this and go, well, this is an employment contract, and now you violated an employer, and so you're liable for whatever.
0: hmm. And when this material is presented to an employee, and let's, let's assume that the proper method, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be, you know, at the initiation of employment, when they begin to get these policies, procedures, wherever it might be, is it then, based on what you're saying regarding employment contracts, should it just be handed to the employee, or should there be a signature sheet in which they sign and acknowledge and accept
1: whatever is in the document? Ideally, the very last page of the employee handbook is going to be an employment receipt, employee receipt of the handbook, basically saying I've read and understand the terms and conditions of this handbook in my employment, and they sign it, and then you keep a copy.
0: Okay. Well, we're talking about uh, employee handbooks, employee manuals. We're visiting with Lavelle Law Attorney Lance Ewell today on the podcast, and. He's sharing some information about uh, the importance of having this handbook. Uh, employees, as you just heard, need to receive and acknowledge receipt. Uh, Lance has been a part of our podcast in the past, and we've covered uh, some different employer related topics, and uh, that's an area that he spends a lot of time in in his practice at Lavelle Law. Also, uh, you may find that he's posted a number of relevant articles on the Lavelle Law website at lavellelaw.com. Uh, I'd suggest spending a little time there if you're running or thinking of starting your own business or perhaps even just a manager or an executive in a corporation where there is some some valuable information to be shared. Um, Lance, I, I talk about different size firms here. If you've got one or more employees, is this something, you know, having this document in place that should be there, or do you just say, well, it just needs to be, you know, some of the bigger companies that worry about it?
1: I think – you know generally everybody should have it now again you may you know you're talking about a difference between uh, the guy down the street that has 5 employees and IBM you're probably talking about a completely different type of employment handbook just in in terms of what its content might be but mm-hmm. you know the basics really should be there for everybody just because it's a great protection for the employer and it generally puts the employee on notice about what they can expect, which, again, also helps the employer at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And
0: for those small companies, the guy who's just starting a business or running a business with a handful of employees, maybe starting to grow a little bit, uh, might not have this because he's just too busy. Uh, He or she says, I've never gotten around to it. Can they go to someone like yourself, a business attorney, and ask them to draft it for them? Is there sort of a template or a model that you might be able to help them with?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I think they'd want to spend a little bit of money, I'm not talking excessive amounts here, to just sit down with an attorney and just say, okay, here's here's what I need, and then get some input as to what we think they should have. And then after that, it's generally, you know, you can borrow from a few places because it's not the first employment handbook we've ever done um, and pull in the different provisions that you might need. And then, you know, it's not a, a from-scratch document, generally speaking.
0: Mm-hmm. now i want to go back to something you mentioned earlier and let's let's kind of talk about this a little bit um you you mentioned you know the possibility of litigation or or uh, being in court over some different instance how, how, how a manual might help an employer either prevent that or if some suit arises how it might be beneficial to them
1: well it could arise in a couple of ways and i guess i'll deal with it in the three most common ones, perhaps. Um, One would be in front of the Department of Employment Security, where you have an employee that you've terminated, and the employee contests your not wanting to pay unemployment benefits. And a lot of times, the handbook will spell out how discipline is handed down. And by that, I mean... Um, Are there minor infractions and then you're going to get a warning? Or are there certain actions that you take that are just, you're going to be terminated on the spot? Um, Or does it just outline things that are basically consist of misconduct, which would bar a claimant under unemployment? So that's one area that it comes into play. It's a great defense to have. I do a lot of that work on both sides of the fence, but more employer work. And that's usually one of the first things of evidence that I submit to the administrative law judge is the handbook. Um, And then when we do the hearing, I'm always quick to ask both the employer and the employee, do you have a handbook? What does it say about this? Um, Just to establish that there was misconduct. and, And by that I mean it could be anything from being late to work to stealing from the company and everything in between. But just to establish that there was misconduct, they were aware of it, and then to bring it as a bar to any kind of unemployment claim. The second and third ways can kind of go hand in hand, and those generally relate to payment of wages, bonuses, severance, anything of that nature. And um, this, I guess, maybe is a loose idea. Um, again, if you have the disclaimers in there and you have certain benefits and Uh, severance packages and bonuses but they're contingent upon something in the uh, employee handbook those can be an effective bar to an employee coming back later and saying oh you owe me x amount of dollars um, or you didn't pay me this Uh, as long as it's spelled out clearly in the handbook what those terms are that's generally a good defense Um, there are some caveats to that of course But um, those types of actions for wages tend to arise either before the Illinois Department of Labor or they can arise in the circuit court. But either way, the employee handbook, if there is one, is going to be a great piece of evidence and in some cases may even be a piece of evidence that gets the case kicked out before it even has any legs.
0: And just thinking ahead here now, have you... Certainly there's going to be companies out there that do have a handbook. Employees come in, they they sign the information, you've got it on record. Uh, over time, the company changes, the conditions, and the business change. Once an employee handbook is in place, can it be updated? And if so, do you then need to go back and get a, a, all signatures uh, redone from everyone who's, who's already signed in original?
1: Uh, if you update the handbook, there's two ways to go about this. One is to you know have it signed every time the other way is to kind of put a blanket disclaimer in there that says this can be amended at any time at the employer's discretion Um, then you can amend pretty freely at that point and not have to get signatures per se although you would want to somehow show that you disseminated the new information Mm -hmm. Um, not maybe not necessarily a signature that again could vary depending on the size of the company if you only have five employees you can probably get them all to sign for it You're talking about 500 employees could be a slightly different animal.
0: And along those same lines, then, if you have been operating without one with some number of employees um, and now you determine after hearing this podcast or for other good reasons that you want to institute a handbook, is there any reason employees can say, well, no, I've always worked without one and I don't need to sign one now?
1: (laughs) I think certainly there is, but... Um, bearing in mind that Illinois is an at will employment state um you know there's always the well, you might lose your job if you don't sign, which is not always the best thing, but um you know certainly the- the employer has a great deal of latitude in that um and you know without getting into a long recitation of the law on this um provided that you give them continued employment or there's some additional. Consideration given to the employee for their signing of the handbook, which is not a contract or shouldn't be in that case, then you're generally going to be okay if you implement something new going forward.
0: Okay, well, uh, I want to thank Lance for taking the time today. You know, all of a sudden, here our, our 15 minutes is gone, the amount of time we set aside each week for the podcast, but uh, certainly appreciate him taking the time to share information with us. And I hope that it uh, sparked some interest on your end. For more information, of course, visit lavellaw.com or give Lance or any of the other attorneys a, a call. Uh, the number for lavellaw Law, 847-705-7555. And thanks very much for listening today. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at LavelleLaw.com.